This is Alpha Geek Radio. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. I'm just more like, what does she bring to the group? Because everybody else has brought like a skill set with them. Uh, mad DJ skills. Mad, yeah, mad right. DJ skills. Absolutely. Uh, I could spin. <laughs> what? <laughs> July 14th, this is Casually Hardcore. I'm your host, Grail. I'm Bindi. And I'm Dexa. All right. Get a show in on a Friday night. Uh, How cool are we? (laughs) Not very. Not much. Nope. Okay, so on today's show, we're going to be... We finally all got together and watched half a series and then managed to finish it out i think on our own so we're going to be talking about american gods which recently wrapped up its first season on uh, amc uh we'll also be talking about the recently released comic-con rules the new and improved rules around weapons and cosplay for the phoenix comic-con which has generated a good amount of disdain on Facebook, at least, from what I've seen. So, well, especially with Vindy being a resident cosplayer, uh, excited to hear your take on that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, and then in follow-up to our last episode, I have managed now to watch the first season of Sense8... And about four episodes, I think, of season two. Nice. Yay. Moving along pretty well. It's been, it's gotten like really, really good now. Yeah. I thought it was good. The only thing that threw me for a loop was the fact they changed out the the actor for uh, Caffius. Oh, but I thought they explained it so well. Yeah. Don't you think in the beginning of season two? Oh my gosh, they did such a good job. Yeah. It was clever, <laughs> but it took me like, I'm like, did I, it did. Did he just yeah. shave his head and like his face like is is the same face? And then I like looked up a bunch of stuff on no. it. Yeah, like, no. yeah. If you didn't live through that drama of the old actor wanted more money oh, in his contract, oh. and I guess they wouldn't give it to him. Yeah, I mean, but I thought it was so clever that they just threw in like a line or two to yeah. just address it, and it worked perfectly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, something different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was different. It was cool. It took me. I mean, he. I like the first guy that played the character, and I, but I've liked this guy so far as well. So I'm pretty, pretty okay with it. So, and I mean, obviously, some spoilers on this part. I was definitely turned off at the start of that season with what they were doing with Will. Like I was like, oh no, this isn't going to become like him a drug addict and like, oh. having to deal with that. And like mm-hmm. the fact they kind of used that to like 180 was pretty awesome. Uh, I was pretty enthused the the fact that they were just using that as a uh, as bait for uh, whispers. Yes. So I thought that was pretty really well done. Uh, the only thing I'm looking forward to, looking ahead, I hope they give something to Riley. 
Like, so far, she's the only person in the group that's kind of not done anything, like, or other than be the damsel in distress. Yeah, very true. But I felt like a lot of season one was about her. It yeah, was. it was I, a I, lot about yeah, her. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried so much about her screen time. I guess I'm just more like, what does she bring to the group? Because everybody else has brought, like, a skill set with them. Uh, mad DJ skills. Mad, yeah, mad right. DJ skills. Absolutely. Uh, I could spin. <laughs> what? Anybody ever want to dance? Yeah. She's got dance this. party. I mean, exactly. it's pretty cool. She did, you know, working with her dad to kind of like mask where they were. So that was cool. But in terms of like other people borrowing skills and stuff, I think that's the only. The only thing that's kind like, of... what good would she be? Like, what... Like, I'm just waiting for, like, like when's that moment where they're like, God, if we only could have DJ skills. <laughs> <laughs> I got this, guys. <laughs> this is my moment. Because <laughs> I think they do a good job with everybody else kind of stepping in. Yeah. And, like, bringing either... And even Caffius, like, he's kind of, you know, so far been a one-trick pony of just a driver, even though he's a great driver. Right. But he's also had some scenes where he's also, like, dropped knowledge on on people like yeah. you know and that and so i'm waiting for just <laughs> something where other than you know her needing to be rescued in season one and then her being like will's caretaker so far in season two so i mean it really could be almost anything because when they needed Lido as a a bartender right and oh. i mean that's not his main skill but he also had that skill so it doesn't i guess it doesn't have to be a dj skill for riley no and i'm that's sure she I, has some other skills that right. we don't know about and that's what I'm I'm waiting for, I guess, is to see that because everybody else has been really, really good. Like obviously, uh, Sun and the thief who's a uh, Wolfgang. Wolfgang, like, come on! How can you like, forget that name? Basically, anytime somebody throws a punch, like they're there, just whipping ass. Other than Will, like Will does a good job himself, but usually it's those one of those two, if not both, just you know dismantling like seven people at a time. <laughs> so. Yeah. And Will, they've done a great job with him having all the investigative skills, and like he brings a lot of it. Nomi brings like the whole hacking aspect to it. So, you know, that's my only my only takeaway is I'd like to see you know round out the whole team, round out, round, round out, out Riley, round out Riley a little bit. But Got it. Otherwise, yeah, it's been fantastic. And when they did finally spring their trap on Whispers, that was really awesome. So, right? Yeah, good job. Yeah, what a cliffhanger to cut off, and we didn't know if we were going to get anything after after that episode. It was a horrible, really? horrible that was cliffhanger. an awful ending. Yeah. Huh? After they, well, I'm only to the part where they basically found out who Whispers was reporting to, and they uh, basically, I'm talking about, I haven't uh, finished season two. Oh, I've only oh, watched four episodes, so when they finally got Will basically out of being a drug addict. Oh, okay. So when they basically used that whole thing to say, like, okay, hit him with the stimulant so that he could break through to where Whispers was talking to his boss and, you know, basically catch him there. But yeah, right. I haven't... Haven't got farther than much farther than oh, that. Oh, okay. Other well. than the f- informant got killed by whispers then in the next episode. So that's that's really where I'm at. Okay. So, and they've done a little bit more with Jonas, and yeah, you're at, like so far. It's like, what the hell? Why is this guy like? Yeah, Jonas is some of his so stuff far. is just really strange, but whatever. <laughs> All right, so let's move on though to the show we really want to talk about, which is American Gods. Yes. So I'm going to let, I just talked a lot about Sense8, so we'll have uh, Vindy tell us your impressions. 
I was excited about it. I thought it ended up really well. I did not read the book, though, so my opinions of it may be a little skewed, I guess, towards... I like the visuals, and I really appreciate the some of the reoccurring cast that Brian Fuller seems to pull into his series. I, I actually really liked Shadow at the end. I, I really grew attached to his character. I wasn't disappointed with him. I, I kind of felt like he was us a little bit. He seemed like in the this, this suspension of disbelief this entire time, kind of floating through the events. And I also did a lot of like looking up of the gods and stuff after I was done because I wanted to know more information in terms of the the old older lady and she the guy who plays chess yeah. um with shadow Chernabog. Chernabog. Yeah, yeah yeah um yeah. i looked up his deal and it was all these kind of like interesting easter eggs like the reason that he chose the black pieces is because he's like the black god of death it was really interesting right. to be like oh that's kind of clever <laughs> I, I can appreciate that <laughs> right on dexa yeah, I have. I haven't finished the books, but I've gotten a little over halfway, and I have to say that I do appreciate the changes that Brian Fuller has made. Um, just like I did it with Hannibal, he made some changes that had to be made, and were, and the show was better for it. I think the same thing can be said um, on some of the changes he's made, as far as from the book to, to the TV show. Okay. For example. Um, well, the example I really give is the wife of the guy he was going to get a job from. Oh, uh, Robbie. Ron, Robbie. Robbie was yeah. the guy, but I can't so remember Robbie's his wife's wife. Name. I forget yeah. her name. But anyways, in the book, she was kind of annoying, a kind of a superfluous character. Yeah, she was mad that, you know, that they had cheated and that was her best friend and whatever. But I think that in the in the actual show... They made her more of a an actual fleshed out character um, instead of kind of a cardboardy throwaway mm-hmm. character. Um, so I liked that a lot. I liked, I definitely like Shadow. I think he, the person who plays Shadow does a really great job. Gillian Anderson was amazing in her characters. Yeah, that goes yeah. without saying. I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah. but wow, yeah, right. she really knocked it out of the park on some of these yeah. characters. Uh, yeah, so she was really good. I just think it, we had a really good cast. The story was good, too. And I'd like to see what's coming next. Yeah. So I watched, I guess, episodes one through seven. And then we went back. We all watched episodes one through four. And then I caught a little bit of when Daxel was catching up to the last episode. So the second time through, for me, was better than the first time through. Like, the first time through, I was really unsure if I liked it. The second time, because I kind of knew, I guess, what to expect, I could pay more attention to the visuals and to just the details. I wasn't trying to follow where the story was going. So I thought it was more interesting for me that time through. One of the things I've heard about the books, and I've listened to the audiobook for some of it, was that a lot of people, not so much a criticism, but more just like a statement, is that they didn't find a lot of people f- didn't find a sympathetic character in the book. 
Like, there was nobody they really found they rooted for that much. I don't know if that holds true for everyone, but that was a common thing I'd heard. The show, I think, did a better job of making certain characters sympathetic. They even try to give you a little bit of sympathy for the dead wife. Ugh, I hate dead wife. Right I, now. I, I just like the fact that they she's call gonna her be dead better. wife. <laughs> I think she's going to be better eventually, uh, that dead wife, but... I, she's kind of annoying for me right now, but I don't know if that's the case as far as the book is because I really found Shadow a very sympathetic character in the book. Yeah, I mean, I guess I feel bad for what he was going through, but it didn't. He was he, much like the show. He's very deadpan at the beginning of the book. He kind of just goes with the he flow. Just kind of, well, it kind of goes with the flow, and but yet then questions things after like. It's just that situation of having something fantastical happening and being like, wow, that just happened. Okay, now something else fantastical is happening. Well, wait, that can't possibly be happening. Like, the constant questioning of the fantastical, I don't know, that bugs me sometimes. And I found, like, my first watch through was one of the things that annoyed me about his character was, you know, you just had a conversation with your dead wife in your room, and yet you can't believe in whatever the next thing was after that. Now that's or, that's in the mo- that's in the show though, not the book. That's in right? the show. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying then yeah. that 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 was. If anything, it took me a while to find sympathy for Shadow. I guess I, even though I really liked the the actor that they got to play him, I thought he did a great job. But at the same time, that that's I think one of the things that took me a while to hook into the show was. I didn't really care about anybody. <laughs> oh, that, so. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. Although, I think in the book, he's a lot more sympathetic. He's a really nice guy in the book. He kind of tries mm. to be very nice to everybody he meets. So, you do get that right away from Shadow, that he is really more of an upstanding citizen than anybody else. But the other thing that's really neat in the show that is not as in-depth in the book is the leprechaun. Right. The leprechaun is in the book for like a hot minute. And then, but then in the show, he's such a great character. He, yeah. He, I think it's because he did so well, right? He fit in so well. His character, he fleshed out his character so well. One of the things that I noticed too, the second time around is I knew I recognized him somewhere. Yeah. He's, he's porn stash in Orange is a New Black. Yep. He was also in, there's the series they did on HBO for one uh, season that was The Brink. Yeah, you're right. He was also porn stash in Orange is the New Black. Well, I think he oh. kind of I think he kind of had the Lafayette from True Blood sort of character whereas, you know, in in the book Lafayette's character dies right away, but he was such a good character in the show that they just kept him. That might have been what happened with the uh, Leprechaun too. I really appreciate that because it seems like there's a really big fandom following behind Matt. I don't, I mean, it just seems like he's a really likable character and I liked him. So, I mean, out of all of them, I liked him kind of the most. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Which is funny because he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, but he's just, it's (laughs) unfortunate. He has really bad luck and it's created a jerk in him. Like, oh. I just think he has, I mean, I think, He's also the most honest character. Like, you know exactly what he is. You know exactly where he stands on anything at any given moment. That, especially with how much Mr. Wednesday keeps, you know, everything in the dark. And even the new gods all are, like, really mysterious. 
and he's the one person on the show who's just kind of like, yep, I'm a leprechaun. I pluck a coins out of the air. The trick is I take them out of the air. Like there's no, (laughs) (laughs) there's no like ambiguity with his character, which is refreshing on that show. (laughs) True. Yeah. Maybe that's why they kept him because he's more of a gray area character between the new and the old. And they wanted something to be kind of straddling the line. A little bit. I don't know. And I think also, I mean, the fact they fleshed out the wife a lot as well compared to what I've I've read it so far in the book. They've given her a lot. And obviously he's involved with a lot of the scenes with her. So that may have been another reason why that character was amped up Mm -hmm. because they wanted to do more with the wife. More of like Mm -hmm. a buddy film. Yeah. A buddy feel with what, the with dead wife and him. What about the uh, Arabic guy? Was he in the book as well? The one with the the jinn. The jinn. Yeah. Yes, he is, was. Is he? Does he road? Tri- well, he doesn't road trip because the leprechaun doesn't road trip. Uh huh. So, yeah. The leprechaun doesn't road trip, and neither does him. But I and I think they did in the book. They did a really good job with that that whole episode. And I think you got the feeling better in the book. I don't know how you can translate in this onto screen, but. In the end, when you know he discovers that he's that that the Jin basically has taken a in the book, he took his plane ticket back home. He took all his samples. He took all his clothing. Left him nothing but the wallet, the keys to the cab, and the clothes that the Jin was wearing. He um, it really sinks in when he gets into the cab when he says, "I don't." you know i don't grant wishes that he just granted him the biggest wish of his life so i think that it really sunk in a little better in the book but i don't know how that that would have translated onto the small screen yeah i i liked them their little tiny scene that they had together i liked them and i like the his name is salim salim yeah Mm -hmm. i like him as a character he seems like in the TV show, he seems driven, at least if they're taking him on a, a different plot line mm-hmm. than yeah. he is in the book. I mean, it seems like there's motivation behind what he's doing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if they're making that choice to send that character off into left field, then especially right. since... Oh, God. What's his, the writer of the book? Oh, my God. Oh, Neil Gaiman. Thank you, especially since he's acting as a producer, a consultant producer or consultant something or other on the show. Like, it's almost as if they're kind of writing like a sequel-ish, you know? Like, they have, like, the person that wrote the book who can give better insight into what the characters would do. So... Well, and it's interesting in the audio book that Daxa downloaded... There was a pre a preface that was done by Neil Gaiman, and he goes through how many different iterations there's been of this story, and the fact that they cut stuff from the the first time he published it, and then they kind of wanted to do like a retrospective, so he added stuff, and then something else happened. Then he found other notes and had people come in and help him edit like this definitive edition of it that you know doesn't bear all it's obviously much bigger and more expansive than his original version so yeah and and obviously the book itself isn't that long but they've already made it through a eight eight episode season so there'll be a second season i'm not sure if they can squeeze three out of this unless they go into new territory they have to go into new territory because most of the stuff that they're in right now I'm already, they're already kind of ahead, or at least they've used some of these fillers that 
are not in the book, like the leprechaun and the scenes with the dead wife that aren't in there, and the scenes with the with the the gentleman chasing the jinn. I forget his name, but Salim. Salim. All those they've used that as filler because right now where I'm at, at yeah. in the book, it's almost it's almost done, and we've already basically finished. We're already up to that in the TV show, right? So, and I would say, you know, back to the the character of Salim, he's an, another interesting addition they did in that he's the only believer on the show in mm-hmm. gods, where, you know, you have a show about gods and nobody really believes in gods other than the gods themselves believing in, in what they're doing. But Shadow never really makes much comment. His, his wife definitely is not a believer, uh, at least when she starts off her character. So it's, a, it's another one of those kind of, it's refreshing to see at least one person who's into the whole religion and uh, the uh, belief in divine. It's also really interesting on the take that the new gods are, are taking. Because in the show, they're, they don't want to destroy the old gods. They, um, at least Mr. World, he kind of, he wants them to be part of the new gods. But in all, the only way they can be part of the new gods is if basically they become, become commercialized. But they basically have to sell out. Yeah. Um, just like what they did with Easter. So I think one of the the best things about it is, in, in the book it's different. They did a really good job of giving you the feeling in the show of how... Yes, people do celebrate Easter and people do still do some of the things that they used to do in order to worship her, like, you know, hide eggs and eat rabbit and eat eggs and all this. But they're not doing it in her name because nobody knows who she really is. Nobody Mm -hmm. says, you know, thank you, Easter, for this or God bless Easter. So they kind of have commercialized it. So she still gets some of the adoration but it's not really specific to her so i i like how they're doing that they're kind of in order to get them the adoration they need to su- to sustain themselves but they're going about it in a commercialized way yeah i like the the deal that mr world gave to or was it mr world or was it techno boy gave to miss or wednesday about having his name on a rocket or something launched into space like it was such like an embrace of the new gods and an embrace of technology and where the world has moved just the idea that oh people will know your name but it's not for the like you said the reasons they're not worshiping him specifically because they know him specifically and they're directing it at him as a god it's just the awareness of their existence it's definitely different than I guess what they're seeking, it it's always hard to to root for them because they're kind of like they want to like subjugate humanity almost like they want to take away the spring, they want to take away the harvest so that in order to get it back we have to pray to them specifically. So it's hard to root for them, I think, in that aspect. Well, the old gods have always been petty. I mean, look at all the old stories. Zeus, Hera, all of them. They were a bunch of jerks. You really didn't want to be in their attention at all, whether it was good or bad. Because you could lose... If you had their good attention, you could lose that in a blink of an eye. Any of the old myths are always... The gods have always been super petty. 
yeah, it's just uh, in this context, it's unusual for us to receive a TV show where we we don't really like the <laughs> like we don't really root for the main group of characters and their goal. It's I, I enjoy it and it's refreshing. It's just unusual um, to be like, oh yay, go like go take away spring and tell people to worship you, <laughs> or yeah. they don't get to eat. <laughs> like yay, good job. <laughs> I yeah I think well I mean I don't think either side has made much of a case to be like the one you go yeah I'd back these guys because yeah. the new gods are are uh, I think especially since Techno Boy is their, oh my like, god is the first one you meet and he's just like you're such a douche yeah. <laughs> like, I can't can't stand you it makes it hard to pick like you said a side. Uh, but I think one of the things that came out of the last episode when Wednesday was talking to Easter, or I forget what her actual name is. It's like Astara. 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 Yeah. yeah. And basically going through all like, yeah, you get the eggs, you get all this stuff. But when was the last time somebody prayed for you yeah. or prayed mm-hmm. at you? I, and like mm-hmm. that was the thing that was lacking. And that was the, the lacking thing from the deal that the new gods were offering. But, yeah, I mean, in the first episode, you see what it took to pray to Odin. It was, you basically had to put a bunch of your eyes out. Like, it's not, doesn't seem like a great deal. (laughs) No, I'm telling you, gods were jerks back then. You didn't really want to be anywhere in their sights. So, but I think they do a really, you know what is really funny is I think it does remind me a lot about Hannibal because you were rooting for Hannibal in a lot of the things when you were watching Hannibal and you're like, okay, this guy is a cannibalistic serial killer, but go guy. <laughs> you know, It was really, you know, when he was fighting um, the guy that's actually in American Gods, the, uh, the piano, the guy that was killing people with the piano strings. Oh, right, right. Um, when he was fighting him, you were rooting for Hannibal to win. You know, you oh, were like, course. yeah, beat him up. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just, I think he has a natural, I think Brian Fuller has an act, an act for having us like unlikely characters. Yeah, but I, at least Hannibal was eating the rude or eating murderer, pe- like people who have done bad. Like Not Hannibal had like a, a method behind his madness. The gods just want worship just innately. Like, well, but I mean, when you think of it, Hannibal, what Hannibal thought was rude wasn't always, yeah, every once in a while he did eat a serial killer, yes. But remember, some of the scenes that we didn't see of all those people he was cooking, most of the time it was like, you know, he cut me off in traffic or something simple like that. So it's not like he was, you know, At least doing the world a favor. Though. At least <laughs> it's not it's a good something. reason. It's not a good reason. I didn't say it was a good reason. It's just a reason. Like, he had some sort of reason, some sort of motivation. This god, like, the old gods are just, that's innately who they are. Period. Like, end of story. We're going to do this because we want this. Like, there's no reasoning. They have a reason. We're gods and we should be worshipped, so you need to worship us. That is their reason. Well, they all, I mean, they've made enough mentions of or references to in the show the fact they they feed off of the prayer Mm -hmm. and that's what gives them juice and you know that's what they need to be able to survive because without it if if they become forgotten that that kills them they starve and die it's Mm -hmm. it's a matter of preservation obviously once they start eating then of course they want more and more but it's still that's their main driving force it's just hard to get behind that or for any of the gods because it's like well 
what what benefit are you giving to me? Yeah, you know, exactly. maybe if you weren't such dicks and you actually gave benefit, maybe you get worship more. <laughs> so, it's an interesting show. It's definitely unique compared to anything else that's I've seen on TV right now. Yeah, it's definitely a unique show, and it's the visuals are really interesting too in the show. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I enjoyed the visuals with Techno Boy a lot. I actually yeah. really enjoyed the lighting and the sets on those, particularly the scenes with him. I guess, you know, they're whatever. They're trying to make his character look all like edgy or like <laughs> young and hit, whatever. But it comes off really cool. Yeah. In my opinion, so. I mean, they definitely, you definitely get what they're trying to do with him. Same yes. thing with Jillian uh, Anderson's character, though, when she's all the different pop icons. Um, she does a really good job at kind of playing those up to their personality. Yeah, I think she's just a great actress. Yeah. I think she's just so good. Like, I when I first saw her um, as Lucille, I I didn't know that was Gillian Anderson. It took me a little while of looking at it to be like, oh, I that I think that's Gillian Anderson. Right. <laughs> I don't think like that's is that a character? I they did a really good job. I think in Australia. Are, does media portray those specific people in the book or did they just choose those people for this show because I think they did a really good job of choosing like I Love Lucy of choosing David Bowie of choosing Marilyn Monroe like those are characters that she can play really well yeah they I Love just... Lucy was actually in the book right but I okay. don't think Bowie was I haven't gotten to yeah, any other part with with, yeah. with her in it period oh so, really yeah wow. okay. the only scene I've gotten with her in it is the one with um with I Love Lucy. Then it's definitely, I guess, a role made for her. Right. If they definitely. didn't choose those because, man, she fits them perfectly. Yeah. No, that was that was well done. And, I mean, finally getting to the final episode, you finally get kind of the payoff to what the whole season was driving towards, which was a conflict, actually, between the new and old gods uh, with Mr. Wednesday revealing himself as Odin and calling down lightning and, you know, everything like and then uh, Estera taking away spring. <laughs> like, a pretty uh, brazen display of power at the end of the episode. And, you know, you're left also wondering, like, why... I still have the question of why is Shadow important? Like, why is he there? I actually have not gotten to that in the book either. Yeah. I think it's going to be a big reveal. I would think so. I just don't think i think they're trying to wait for the very very last moment it, i think i know it has something to do with his belief yeah. but he also seems to have some sort of power so i don't know if he's going to end up being a god or a newer god or maybe an old god who's forgotten himself or who knows but whatever it ends up being i think it's going to be big yeah yeah, Ethan was convinced that Shadow was a god or a demigod for a large portion of he's, the series. He's got I think to he's be. still convinced. Uh, yeah, I would think he he has to be something in in the pantheon. I mean, again, like why else would he even be there? Like, what's what's his point? Why would Odin go through all the trouble, which they've showed, like how long the uh, trouble was, or how long he was planning on? getting to the moment of meeting him in the airport uh, it, it can't just be because he needed a driver he has to have something innate within him that uh, can can help the cause 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because he can get a driver anywhere. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely interested in the next season. I'm, you know, I hope now that they've kind of established the characters, they've done the reveals with the gods themselves to Shadow. So now, you know, now that he's in the know, we can all be in the know and uh, really hit the ground running next season to where there's not as much buildup and much more kind of like into the, the thick of it. Yeah, we definitely need to watch it live next season, yeah. for sure. Yes. No spoilers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it all up to date. That's right. Nice. So that was, uh, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Uh, you can ch- check it out on AMC or probably download it on Amazon. If you want to wait, AMC tends to get their stuff onto Netflix with some regularity, so you can always wait for it to appear there as well, because you probably got a good year before we'll see a, a new episode coming out of it. Let's move on now to our other main topic, which is we talked about this a few weeks ago when we were having Phoenix Comic Con and the fact that they had the situation where somebody came in dressed as the Punisher, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. with live weapons and was tweeting out about all the police he was going to shoot as well as the Green Power Ranger. And they caught him, got him out of there, completely then said no weapons allowed at all really caused a lot of havoc with this year's Comic-Con because of lines and uh, how many people had to get turned away because you know weapons tend to be a pretty integral part of cosplay. So, Phoenix Comic Con and the company behind them, which I forget that's some entertainment, uh, recently released their revised costume policy for all their events. So this would most likely include the FanFest event as well as uh, next year's Comic Con. And they made some updates to it to address what they're going to do going forward. So a lot of the updates I thought were kind of again just a little ridiculous mm-hmm. um, so firearms regardless of kind can uh, cannot be brought in mm-hmm. and this includes things like nerf guns blasters whatever that means and then <laughs> um, water guns water guns yeah water guns I mean toy guns BB guns, toy guns? I get cap guns sure sure but even then, I just, I, again, I think the whole thing, when you look through it, and then it goes into things like you can't have glass props. Like, what? Who, who the hell is bringing a glass prop? Well, right. think about it this way. What if you brought a crystal, a crystal or, or a crystal ball? Let's say you were some sort of, or you brought Dragon Ball Z. He brought one of the ten... You know, Why would you bring balls? them as glass when you can easily make them out of plastic? Well, know. because you can buy them as glass, so maybe... You know, not everyone is as uh, awesome at you making props as you. You can buy them as plastic as well. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just, I, again, though, so, but what is the, what's the fear of the glass prop, I guess, is is more my yeah. takeaway from it. It's like, what, what, I mean, it sounds, to me, this list became like, we're just banning, we're going to do some blanket banning just to cover our bases in case something happens. And we can say, look, that wasn't wasn't allowed because some of it yeah sure now again they get in bladed metal weapons well, okay, okay got that wooden weapons like 
again, you're uh-huh. kind of like, well, I understand foam is a, a, a much lighter way to go. And, but I've seen people use wood, like, walking sticks is one of the big comments yeah. I saw. A lot of people saying, like, what, so my walking stick's not allowed Or now? your wand. Right, a wand. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Don't uh, they say at the bottom under allowed items, wands are down there? Oh, are they? Okay, that's good. So, yeah, things they say that not allowed are axes, dagger, hatchets, knives, swords, ninja stars, shields, strung bows, arrows, flails, claws, and no power tools. <laughs> the thing, though, that... Okay, so they're, allow- they're allowing lightsabers. Okay, so here's where you get you get a little confusing. You're allowing lightsabers. However, some of the more expensive lightsabers are made from glass and metal. Okay? Now, again, they are allowing you to make props made from plastic and resin and cardboard. However, at the top, it says that any other real or replica weapon that resembles a firearm. So even if your weapon, does that mean even if your weapon is made out of plastic but it resembles a firearm, you can't have it, right? Yeah, that's what I'm interpreting it as. That's, no yeah. no firearms. No, at firearms, no firearms whatsoever. So even that, if it's made out of foam, I think. So that's basically half the characters. Yeah. Easily. 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 Just on guns alone. Right. So yeah, I thought that was a little a little harsh, but well, Vindy, you're our resident cosplayer here and prop maker. So mm-hmm. let's hear your take on this. When I looked at this list and I kept scrolling on it, my jaw dropped that (laughs) it was as long as it was. Like, I could not believe it. But I got to the bottom and I read the allowed items list. And under the allowed items list says props made from plastic or thermoplastic, such as Warbla, which is that hard... Hard, it's a hard plastic coating, essentially, that makes it tougher than foam. Mm-hmm. Or props made out of foam, foam or rubber, are allowed. Props made out of plastic, fiberglass, or resin are allowed. Even resin's shields are allowed. I, all right. Okay. All right. Like, you got me there. That's Most of my props are made out of warbla or thermoplastic material or foam in entirety. But then again, you have up, like, literally two sentences before that says anything that's easily distinguishable from a real weapon may be allowed upon, like, their inspection. So what they're, I'm, I'm confused. So they're saying that even if it is a, like, we were talking about a gun that's made out of, you know foam so it's like wobbly or something does that mean it would be let through at inspection because of that rule i don't it's not clear it's It's not not clear clear and then also if you're letting that go then water guns i mean a water gun or a nerf gun is easily distinguishable from a real weapon I guess it depends what they're doing here. Are they going to have... Because what pissed me off, excuse me, the first when this first happened is they have a weapons check. All conventions have a weapons check. It is required if you bring a prop to go to weapons check. This is not new. They put a little annoyingly loud and ugly, stupid little strip on the prop that you spent so much time on. But it shows that 
you had your prop weapons checked. If somebody is in the convention that doesn't have that shit on all of their stuff, they need to leave. They need right. to be removed because that's the rule. Yeah. So why don't we take the actual rule and enforce it? Like, why don't we do that? Well, and instead of doing this and making this gigantic list of these ridiculous golf clubs and hockey sticks, <laughs> why don't we beef up our weapons check? Like, if you have a weapon, like, as you're going in, you know, like, whatever, what do they do? They, like, quarantined off, like, the convention area. Right. Uh -huh. Do that again. That sounds great. And if you have a weapon and you go through, you need to go to weapons check. They need to, like, really legitimately have, like, maybe a police officer there or, like, a convention center staff. And then what is this, Square Egg in Entertainment or whatever? Yeah. Have yeah. one of those people there, too. Give me all the people. I don't care. <laughs> like, and a metal the, detector? You know, have a metal yeah. detector. Well, they, they exactly. are. They, that was, like, the first thing is they are going to do have a metal detector at all entrance points. But the thing they're lacking, or the thing I, I, when I read this, is basically instead of them enforcing their rules and, and making it so that people can still bring what they want, they're just going to make sure it's safe. Now, basically, they're putting the onus on the con-goers to say, you just can't bring this stuff in, right. so don't even try. Where, like like you said, Vindy, like two years ago at Phoenix Comic Con, you came with a weapon. They said, okay, we've checked it out. Just go over now and get your weapon checked, and they directed you to it. Last year, for some reason, they basically, you were supposed to just know to do that on your own. No, and, and that's not, that is not our fault. Right. We, as a consumer, should not be punished for their complete, what, this was also the first year that that volunteer thing. Right. They, they were, maybe that was part of the problem. I think it was. I think they, I just had, had they an were epiphany. Under, they were understaffed. Oh, they were definitely understaffed. So Are you kidding because me? Because they were understaffed, they basically... And not only understaffed, but inexperienced staff. Absolutely. So the whole thing was on Thursday when this all went down and Thursday and Friday, or I guess it was Thursday night that this all occurred, is that they weren't even, they were hardly checking badges, let alone weapons. <laughs> like, yeah, you could hell no, that is not our problem in. or exactly. not our fault. And that's, yeah, again, it just, it, it gets back to really this, this, what, Square, did you say Square Egg Entertainment uh -huh. should hire a few more people when if you're setting up metal detectors and you have these checkpoints as soon as you know set up a table next to it that says weapon check and let them come in through the metal detector if you got a weapon okay great you pass the metal detector go over to the weapon check have them take a look at it and put the big annoying blue zip tie on it yeah and, and, I'm and you know and if, if you want to be if you really want to make it so that the big blue annoying zip tie can't be copied make sure it has your year and the con and the con name on it mm -hmm. so spend a little more money on that and then have that done that way but even some of the costume rules like the helmets masks and face paint where it says any item that covers or partially covers the face must be easily removed upon request and should not be and should not limit or impair the wearer's ability to see which yeah obviously but a lot of those things impair anybody's ability to see and then it also says anyone wearing glued prosthetics or complete face paint may be asked for id and additional information by security right so okay new rules yeah yeah so at the very top, there's the costuming rules. Not only that, but they has this is and this also gets me. Costumes must cover at least as much as swimsuit acceptable for public pools and beaches. 
That coverage also applies to chest enhancing padding, no under or side cupping. Females must cover the nipple, side of the breast, entire groin area, and complete buttocks. Males must cover the entire groin and complete buttocks. Which, that I'm pretty sure is new because in most years you got people that have... G-strings. G-strings or yeah. whatever. You know, what? A, and I don't mean they're just like, ha-ha, yeah, I just came from the club. I'm going to, you know, dance. <laughs> it's like they're walking in in the, exactly what the character is. And they mm-hmm. look, you know, most times fantastic as it. But it's authentic to the character. And I've never seen, you know, mothers shielding their children's eyes or, or having a conniption over the way somebody's dressed. This is all just, it's... Just like the issues that are going on with YouTube and the censor crap that's going down, I feel like this is all just like a. We have to. We ha- everybody's got to be like safe. We got to make sure right. you know, like we got to make sure everything is dulled down and make sure you know everything is really dull edges. And oh, maybe somebody's going to poke their arm when somebody's sword or something. It's gotten. Too, there's too much. We've yeah. gone from zero to a hundred when we should have gone to maybe like. 40. Right, right. <laughs> Edge you at 7, now you're at 11. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, and I think one of the, I could get behind it if I felt it was a safety issue. I feel like this is, we don't want to get a lawsuit issue. <laughs> and that's that's the, the driving force behind it, a- along with what we just mentioned about, and we really don't want to spend more money on staffing or making sure that, uh, you know, we have an appropriate force there at the con to ensure that everybody is safe and having a good time and, you know, but allowed to, to dress and bring the, the stuff they want to bring, which has worked perfectly fine up until last year. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I guess I didn't even I I knew that this was a new year with the volunteers or with yeah. the paid staff or whatever. And I didn't even make that connection until now. Yep. Oh, so God. really disappointing. I mean, the only thing I can say is that at least they got it out early so they can hopefully get a lot of this feedback and make some changes before next year to these rules. And well, come they up- have for it till December because FanFest right. is in December. And maybe that'll be an eye-opener for them if they basically get lower attendance at that because nobody wants to go through the bother of making a costume if they can't make the entire costume. And half the time you can't even tell who the person is without some of the the weapons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that that gives them a wake-up call and they're able to work something out that makes sense. I would personally, I would like to see them bring back in the volunteer staff because not only is that cost effective for them i would imagine but it uh, it it's people that actually know and love the con and know what needs to happen to make it a good experience for everybody absolutely i think the volunteers were invaluable in the experience of phoenix comic con i they were all very helpful and you know what i don't even know some of the reasons that they gave don't make sense to me but if that was the case if they were having some sort of legal issue or whatever, they should have, you know, reach out to some of these people who hold other cons. My example is always PAX. I have never had a bad experience with a single volunteer at PAX. 
The volunteers at PAX are amazing. They, if they don't know the answer, they will search other volunteers out and find the answer for you. They are very well behaved. They're very professional, and they're a lot of fun. They actually, a lot of them just are there to make the lines fun because they know you're going to be standing in line. So they just make it fun for you while you're in line. I think Phoenix Comic Con can take a page out of PAX's book and really make an amazing experience at the con through these really great volunteers. Remind me why they went from the volunteer system to the paid. According to Square Egg, they said they were at a position now with the amount of volunteers that they had to pay them. And actually, they and they didn't want to... Or something, either pay them or benefits, something tied to money. And they decided instead of doing that, they were going to allow them to apply for jobs and open up a set number of of, uh, positions for them to fill. Or if the volunteers still just wanted to volunteer, they had to join this thing called the Blue Ribbon Army, which has membership fees. And so your volunteer staff now was basically going to have to pay to be to have the privilege of volunteering. But even then, they backed out of that. They backed well, out of the Blue Ribbon Army. Thing. Well, the uh, yeah. So the volunteers actually v- came together and voted and decided, yes, we will pay to do your Blue Ribbon Army. And then Square Eight came back and went, no, we don't really want to do that. We just really don't want volunteers anymore and decided to go with uh, the paid positions. And I think the numbers they showed was they had roughly, God, I think it was like 1,400 or 1,500 volunteers the year before. And this year they had 400 positions. Okay. So, yeah. So what about like conventions like Anime Expo right. or like Otakon on the East Coast? Like, yeah. don't they have volunteers? Many conventions have volunteers. I would think the only ones that probably have paid would be something like San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, it would right? have to be. And th- I mean, maybe you the know, one. What's the other one? That's Dragon second? Con. Yeah, maybe uh, that one's huge in Atlanta. But I don't know. I've never never been to there. But yeah, it's it seems like the vast majority of conventions, even outside of comic book conventions, rely on volunteer staff. Right, so what is Phoenix Comic Con trying to say here? That they're bigger, they're having more issues than something like Anime Expo is having? Right. Is that what you're communicating? Because Well, and there's uh, no uh, way that Phoenix Comic Con has more attendees than than PAX. It's, I mean, it's probably roughly the same, just because PAX has a, a cap on their number of attendees, whereas Phoenix Comic Con, if they have a cap, it's probably much bigger because of the space being for whatever reason, uh, considered a bigger space. I know that over the weekend, they, they tend to have quite a, a large number of people. I don't know how many unique, but they have a large number. Whereas PAX, I think, is capped at 15,000 unique badges. So it's, it's, but again, to me, there's, there's plenty of other examples, like Vindy just said, of uh-huh. other cons that are even in the same sphere of uh, having to deal with cosplay and deal with props that seem to deal with it and have volunteer staff. And, you know, you see all these pictures from these other conventions and everybody's in dressed up and they have their prop weapons that 
look obviously not like a weapon that could actually be used and they somehow all survive and also everybody's dressed according to their character and no children's head exploded by seeing side boob yeah yes so there's that (laughs) however did they do it i don't know mutant kids oh god tell ya (laughs) so again i guess the only hope is that before may of next year they can get this straightened away something we'll definitely be paying attention to uh as the months roll on and i think uh, fan fest in was it november or december will be a good good test kind of bellwether yeah as to what uh phoenix comic-con next year will look like yeah, I mean, after this Phoenix Comic Con, like, the whole point of my costume was the weapon, right. and I even made the weapon first, because I'm such a bad procrastinator, I was like, if I don't make the weapon, right. if I can make the weapon, then I'll I'll cosplay as it, and I got it done, and for that shit to happen, like, Just talk about, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. So if they if it continues to be like that, like if they let foam weapons in, you know, like uh, maybe, maybe, but if it yeah. like if shit doesn't change before next year, I don't know if I'm going to attend again exactly. just because of how ridiculous yeah, they're I handling mean, it. It's usually on Memorial Day weekends, a long weekend. I can use that time for something else and just pick a different con, you know, something within driving distance, and we can just go to that. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't want to give them my money. Right. I don't want to support them. And that's true. We can just find something else. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, Austin. We'll go to Austin. There you go. Yeah, there you go. There's yeah. our Austin trip. Yeah. Done. So, I mean, they. Uh, the other thing is, is, like, if I was a vendor, I'd also be kind of going, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you're basically telling everybody they can't use the stuff I'm going to be selling. <laughs> right. And actually, how are you going to be selling it if you can't even have it inside the con? Right. Yeah. I just, uh oh. God. They're going to hire a specific group of people to escort yeah. purchasers of those weapons out to their vehicles. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I just I bought this so. metal keyblade. All right, you're under arrest, sir. Let's go. You're out of the con. <laughs> Your badge is revoked. Oh, God. My God. Uh, so, yeah. So we'll keep an eye on this. And, uh, yeah, I hope they, they come to their senses. So, for next week, hopefully, Vindy will get out and see Spider-Man at some yes. point. Oh, God. Yeah, let me just add it to the just add insane it to the list. roster <laughs> of <okay>. movies. <laughs> it was good. Oh, I will, I'll leave it yeah. with the, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Okay. So I think it, it's, it's worth a big screen viewing. Not worth it in 3D. Not worth 3D. Don't but, do 3D. But worth it. Oh, God, no. Yeah. It was just, unfortunately, the only showtime that worked. <laughs> so, yes. Oh, God. I wouldn't have wanted to go that anyway. I would go. have vomited so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I never can really tell the 3D stuff except for, like, maybe two scenes in the movie where I'm like, okay, oh. that looks a little 3D to me. And then otherwise, it's the annoyance of having glasses on top of glasses that just yeah. drives yeah. me Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it really didn't take – it didn't really make use of the 3D that no. much, so – but, like I said, the showtime work, the amount of people that had reserved seats at that point in time was the right amount. So, you know, that's that's what yeah, we had to suffer through. <laughs> did you did you guys go to the Alamo? Or? No, we went to Mace uh, Cinemark at Mesa Riverview. Uh, uh. It's really, it's a nice, it's like, 
it gives you everything except for like the bells and whistles that Alamo gives in terms of like food and drink service and just the kind of zaniness mm -hmm. but in terms of like comfort of seats and spacing and everything it's really, <laughs> really nice. nice. Yes. It's, it's a fantastic theater for that. Uh, so yeah. And it's also you know half the distance. Exactly. It's 10 minutes away. <laughs> so so. It, it has that going for it as well. The Alamo I definitely want to get back to and see something there. I'm not sure what's left this summer that uh We'll, we would need to go see, but yeah, I definitely want to go see whatever the next big movie is. Uh, is it there a Star Wars coming out in December? Yeah, December. I just didn't know if there was anything left for the summer. Oh, God. I don't know. Yeah. All I can think of is December at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, what is worth going down there for? Right. What movie yes. is worth going there for? Yeah. Like, Guardians 2 was worth it. If we you know, wanted to see Wonder Woman again, I'd go see that at the Alamo. Yeah, um, probably. Spider-Man was good. I don't know if I need to see it twice, though. So, I will... Well, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, Wonder Woman for sure. That one... No, I don't think so. Yeah. In the theater, I should In say. In the theater, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, I'll be on the lookout. Cause I'm trying to be on top of tickets for movies that I want to see, so right. when it, time comes around for Star Wars movies to come Perfect. out, tickets to come out, I'll... Oh, yeah. I'll try to scoop some up for y'all. Uh, Stephen King fans, The Dark Tower comes oh. out in August. Oh, that's yeah. good. Point. That might be the next one we go see. So yeah, that, I, yeah, I agreed. I just like, I mean, I've read half that series, and it was a good series, but I really, really like uh, Eldris Ilba. So. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm cool with that. I'm also good with Matthew McConaughey. I think he's a good actor. So. I'm usually the one who reads everything beforehand, but I think I'm not good. I haven't read that series, and I don't think I'm going to read it. I think I'm just going to go and watch the movie. It's not what I consider an easy read. Well, even better then. <laughs> so, yeah. It's good. It's just, it definitely is kind of heady at times, so... All right. Well, I think that uh, will bring us to a close for this week's episode. Check us out on the web at www.alphageekradio.com. You can find us on Facebook at Casually Hardcore. You can find us on the Twitter at GrailCH, at DaxaCH, at Vindy underscore. You can listen to all the other fine shows also on alphageekradio.com. We have a lot of live shows. There's podcasts. There's videos. Anything and everything you can think of in terms of sub subject matter, from pop culture to music to video games and all other such things, which is really, you know, now I think about it, we didn't really even talk about video games this episode. I'm a little, oh, a little disappointed in that. We did not. You guys We're going to have to do a heavy video game episode yeah. next time. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that means like you got to play some video games. Is the thing. Yeah. Oh, throw down. Oh, uh, what? Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. On that note, <laughs> I've been Grail. I'm Mindy, and I've been Daxa. And we are out of here. Title and background music for this production provided courtesy of Sean Beeson, composer for media. Find him on the web at www.seanbeeson.com. That's S-E-A-N-B-E-E-S-O-N.com. <laughs>